Ah, yes, it's postseason time, boy, oh, boy, you baseball fans. Here we go. The final 18 teams or 16 teams left in the MLB postseason. And it starts tonight with the greatest rivalry in all the sports. The New York Yankees going to Fenway to take on the Boston Red Sox. But there is a $324 million question looming in Fenway. What do I mean by that? And plus, the New York Giants. With their biggest win up to date in the past couple of years, Daniel Jones, has he established himself as the future of Big Blue? He's in the city. Up next. Yeah. He's to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. The trio is back. Yes, I am amped up today. It is that time of year, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's not football right now. We will talk about the boys have fallen a little while about Big Blue with their biggest win yet today for the Joe Judge era and Daniel Jones as well. But we all know what tonight is all about, ladies and gentlemen. It is postseason time. Baseball is officially underway, and it starts off in one of the most historic venues in all of sports, Fenway Park, with the greatest rivalry looming. The Boston Red Sox taking on the New York Yankees. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you, baseball fans. I know us three. We're amped up. I cannot wait. It doesn't get much better than this. A nerve-wracking day for Yankee fans, yes, because we are going to Fenway. But it just doesn't make it any better that we are playing the Boston Red Sox. And I said during my little tease for the show, a little promo before the show even started, I said a question. There's a $324 million question looming in Fenway. What do you mean by that? What, what are we talking about? Well, if we don't remember a couple years ago, the New York Yankees win one of the biggest splashes in New York Yankees history by going out and getting their workhorse, an ace that desperately was needed on this pitching staff. Well, they got him. They got the man, Garrett Cole. And why I say 324? Because, ladies and gentlemen, that's how much Garrett Cole is going to make in his tenure in pinstripes. So when I say the $324 million question is looming in Fenway, there you have it. So that is how we talk about it. You got two of the greatest franchises in all the sports playing each other in a do or die situation, win or go home. One team is advancing to take on the Tampa Bay Rays. One team season sadly will come to an end guys. I just said it. The $324 million question is looming what do we expect from not just Garrett Cole tonight I'll start with Joe on this but what do we expect from this game as a whole well uh Garrett Cole pitched to a 516 ERA his last six starts here in the month of September not not really what you want um four and four in his last 12 starts that that's not uh not really not ace material against the Red Sox, two and two of four ninety one with uh, five home runs allowed. So, uh, but this is what they pay him for, and this is why he came here, and this yep. is the team that he wanted to do this with. 
And there's a lot riding on it. And the Yankees go into this thing as complete underdogs. Actually, so, well, I don't mean the Vegas underdogs. That's how Joe, you have to understand. That's how Ted plays his, uh, his games. Dude, with the I was shocked that the Yankees were minus 145 last night, that the Yankees were the favorite. So yeah. 145 to win a hundred. Hey, it's a good not. thing. I'd rather be the Look, on paper, the Yankees are the better team. No J.D. Martinez, no Chris Sale. That's that's huge because I assumed they would want to get Chris Sale in this game having gotten bombed on Sunday after two and two-thirds that he'd be available to go. Kind of a Kurt Schilling Diamondbacks version, you know, where he comes in and closes games the day after he starts. I thought it would be something like that. So that's how. And, uh, you know, let's J.D. Martinez not being there. I think that is huge. You can now basically pitch around either Devers or Bogarts. I would You'll be in a better position. Uh, this lineup gets just a little bit weaker. Offense has been kind of pressing of late for the Red Sox, five and five in their last 10. So I feel like the Yankees are right where they need to be. They've got the guy they want on the mound. They've got a rested bullpen. Severino out there, so you know, pretty much if Cole can give you six good innings, you put this thing on lockdown and we'll see you in Tampa. Go on, Ted. I don't know if there's no such thing as a Yankee Red Sox lockdown after six. Because Yankees will be up three runs with Chapman on the mound, and every Yankee will be holding on, praying for something because you, you just know the inevitable happens there, there's an aura i mean i know we'll talk about it probably afterwards with the brady thing but there's an aura when the yankees play at fenway park that's why what they did a week and a half ago and sweeping the red sox was incredible i just i couldn't remember the last time the yankees had swept the red sox in fenway park now that should stem well for the Stem very well for the Yankees because they went in there. They had to win. Now, we were talked about that, you know, weeks before the show. Hey, listen, let's hope to get two out of three, two out of three, and two out of three. And hopefully that'll be good enough to make the playoffs. We went in the Red Sox and won all three. And now you look at it, how big, how important all three of those games were. Now that you look at it, that we needed every game or else we would have been playing yesterday. So, um, you know, Joe, you said it right. Cole, you know, you kind of, you said the last six starts, his last three starts. Toronto, Tampa, and the Red Sox. 15 runs in the last 17 and two-thirds innings. ERA is 7.64. But that all, like we've talked about, can evaporate in one three-hour game. Well, probably three and a half hours. I saw some jokes. This game will take five hours, six hours. Might take till Thanksgiving. Extra innings. Everyone to see. I saw from, you know, like ESPN and just – and Joe, even our CMG podcast guys, extra innings, extra innings, extra innings. I hope it's not extra innings. I mean, I don't. I think it still favors the Yankees because of their depth and pitching. But I want to take care of business right in the nine innings and end it early. And I think the most important thing, Trevor, we've always talked about this with football. Got to jump on them early. Try to take that crowd out early. Do not. You do not want to be going down two nothing, three nothing. You don't want to be playing catch up. Jump on them early. Let's, you know, let's let's take advantage because you know how it is. Just like Cole, you got to get on these pitchers early. You know, if, it's like if if I was playing devil's advocate for the Red Sox, I'd say, listen, if you're going to get Cole, you got to get him within the first inning or two because then he starts he starts to get into a flow and innings two and a half, three, four, five, he's usually good. So if you don't get him early, you know, it's kind of like good luck. 
you know, and he, and, he, and he is prone to give home runs up. We saw it. He gave up, you know, that Friday night game. The Yankees were up, I think, I believe, 6 nothing or something, and he gave up the three-run shot to Devers. Um, so, you know, let's, let's, let's try to keep the ball in the park. And for the Yankees, it comes down to – I was going to use the, the Twin Towers, but the two big men. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Those two big guys, we talked about it last week. We've talked about it before, and Trev, I think you'll probably build off of it. But those two guys, man. They can lead us to the promised land, but they have to take care of business and they have to do it like they did last weekend, and it starts tonight. Well, here's the thing. You also got we also got to take into consideration both of these teams. It's a do or die game tonight, but that was also the case on Sunday. Now we were gonna try to do a show yesterday with all of uh the hoopla that happened, the chaotic, the uh the anticipation this weekend brought to us, and this weekend lived up to all of that. From Saturday, a lot of college football games, a lot of upsets, but also Sunday was great with the NFL and Brady's thing. And then the Yankees, the whole baseball, the chaotic ending to the 162 games this year. You got to also take into consideration that that those all four of those teams, the Mariners, the Blue Jays, Yankees and Red Sox were also all playing do or die games, because if the Yankees lose, who knows what happens if the Red Sox lose? Who knows what happens? These two teams had the win. They got the job done, and now they're playing another do-or-die situation. Also, you said J.D. Martinez is out. Well, the Yankees are losing one of their better players as well, too, with D.J. LeMahieu. He's not going to be around. So that is also a significant loss for both the Yankees and Red Sox. This is a toss-up, guys. The series ended this year 10-9 to in favor of Boston. And the run differential was 75 Boston, 74 Yankees. So this is a toss-up game. We know that the Red Sox have had the history over the Yankees in the regular season and in the postseason. Hopefully we get over that top finally. Stan has been playing out of his mind, and he's been hot. He was red hot. We talked about the stats last week. Joe, you had those going into Fenway. If you well, wanted to bring that up again, you can. It just sure. shows how, how hot he was. And then Judge delivering for the Yankees this year. Those guys, or I should say Sunday, those guys need to step up. Garrett Cole, we paid you because we believe you were a true number one ace. You have delivered for the time being. Tonight has to be the same result as you've been performing the past year and a half for the New York Yankees. We paid you 324. There's a reason for it. It's games like this. It's situations like this. Do or die situations. And this is going to be another game that we have to take into consideration. Also, gentlemen, <coughs> managers, which one plays his cards right? Aaron Boone, Cora. We've seen situations before in the past. Aaron Boone has messed up. So is Alex Cora. So that's another thing that we got to also talk about because the managers play a big role in this situation. It's well, do Trev, or die. You are 27 outs away from one team advancing and keeping their season alive and one team waiting for next year to get ready for another season. Well, Trev, you brought up Stan. And since August, in his last 54 games, he finishes the bat. Now, consider the 54 games. Batted 305 with 19 home runs and 984 OPS. I mean, we talked about it before. We talked about it with Judge. We talked about it last week. If you didn't see the shows from last week, you can check them out. But the two guys carried us. Stan and Judge played like MVP caliber players. And, Joe, you know, I saw an article last night, and I know we're not going to get into it, but pretty pretty uh, wild that none of the big-time MVP players, all these guys, none of them and their teams will be in the playoffs. Can I ask you guys a quick question? Both of you guys want to answer it. You saw, we just talked about Stan and the way they played and how they finished off against the Sox and the Blue Jays. But does it get you concerned of how they actually performed and finished against the Rays this whole weekend? 
losing the way they did, but more importantly, not just losing, but the runs. They, I, they, didn't I score, they didn't score runs, guys. If you remember, they lost 12-2 on Saturday. They won one nothing on Sunday. I mean, hell of a performance, that great pitching performance by both teams. But still, and Friday night losing as well to this team. I think it was 8-3. Uh, I forgot what it was. It was 5-3, 5-4, something like that. But still, you scored only seven runs in three games for a team that's been red hot that was just hitting the crap out of the ball in um, Toronto and in Fenway. But now we what come is- back to not performing against a team that you could possibly be playing come Thursday. Does that get you concerned? Because we've been talking so highly about the bats, and we've seen, and one of the comments just said, hopefully the bats don't go dead tonight. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a concern. I should I, be, well, listen, you could say the same thing about the Red Sox, okay, because they went dead against the Orioles and almost went dead against the Nationals. If it wasn't for Devers' five RBIs on Sunday, they would have been playing yesterday. So um, I'm not worried about it and because it doesn't make a difference because, like you said to me, Trev, if they don't win tonight, who get, who cares? They have to win tonight. The Rays have been the kryptonite for the Yankees, and they seem to have our number, and they do everything right. So I'm not worried about it because, I mean, I'll put this. Judge and Stan are 18 for 53 with seven extra base hits against Avaldi. So that's two good – that's great numbers against the starting pitcher. This team can hit. This team can play. They did it last week. Why can't they do it again? I'm not worried about it because, if anything, okay, we had a bad weekend. What's that mean? We're going up. That means we're going to have a great day today, right? That's the roller coaster we've been riding since day one. We're due for it. We're due, we're due for a run. This team knows it. And I think the way they lost this week, the way they won Sunday, provides them with some, I don't know, some extra oomph for tonight. And, I listen, I said it to someone last night, and I know someone didn't agree with me at my work, but I said, I kind of like that they're playing in Fenway. Us against the world. You know what I mean? It, it takes the pressure off. Sometimes not I, – I say this with about the Giants. The Giants are better playing playoff games on the road than they are at home. It, 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 I don't know what it is. Maybe because you have to focus more. You know what I mean? And then the pitcher's mm-hmm. not extra juiced up. Like Cole, he's going to be getting booed. He's not going to be in cheered. So now you have to focus. He's not going to be extra juiced up like we saw with Severino a couple years ago in his first playoff home game. Joe, does that? Well, how do you feel? Does this get? Does that get you concerned the way they finished against the race? Or, yeah, uh, yeah, it does. Definitely does. I was shocked that the Yankees couldn't get a, you know, couldn't buy a win on on Friday or Saturday. You know, it, that that was the postseason. It, it officially started, and and all they had to do was win a game, and they could have rest easy, and they didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I you know. Obviously, look, Tampa looms large on the other side of this. Obviously, nobody wants to get ahead of ourselves. There was a game to play and and, and to win tonight, but Tampa's got their number, plain and simple. And so you're going into that series with your rotation a little out of whack because of the wild card. Uh, You mentioned LeMayhew Hurt. Voight is out. And one of the things you also brought up, and I think it bears – the conversation. I haven't. Have you seen the Yankees starting lineup for tonight? I have not. Has it not been released yet? While you're talking, no, Joe, let me uh, go. No, look here was the projected lineup, and this was in the post this morning. Now, Trev, you might have a better one, but it was Glaber leadoff with Rizzo, Judge, Stan, Gallo, Urshela, Gardner, Odor, Kyle, you, Gasha. If I said. All right. So he had to get he had to get Gardner into this lineup. Had to get Higashioka into this lineup. Already, I think, trying to, like, outmanage himself. 
you're taking Gary's bat out of the lineup. And I know in a one-game scenario, Tad, I could read your face. You don't think it's any big deal. I'd rather bring I mean, Gary off Gary, the bench. Listen, game. Gary, Gary could homer in, in three out of four at-bats and strike out in the other one tonight. I'm worried about the defense. I can't have any pass Still, balls. I can't have any pass balls tonight. There could be no excuses. And Cole wants his testing. He's done a great job of giving it up and getting it back. It's it's worked. Gary Sanchez has not hurt this team at all since May. I don't I don't see any um lineup yet, but my, again, my concern is you know I, I mean I, I bet you Booney would love to get Tyler Wade in it short. Love no. that Gardner in center. See, see, I like, see, I like bringing Gary up with two men on late in the seventh inning for a big at bat. I don't want to bring Higgy in in the seventh inning. Yeah, with a big at bat, I want to bring Gary in with the yeah, opportunity. No bringing Higgy in there, and and unless you were all big in the Hickster. But listen, you got to understand. I mean, I feel like this is not nothing new. I mean, the Yankees used to do it with Posada and other guys. You bring in the defensive catcher, you bring in the defensive guys when you have the lead. You, runs are more important than the home run. You got to save what you can't have. And I, Gary gives up way too many pass balls. He's lazy. The whole leg sticking out is atrocious. I don't know what management in the Yankee system. I mean, even A-Rod said it. He, Joe, he sticks his glove out. It's called you have to move your body from A to B. I watch I watch every game. He does it. He just – the other day, the pass ball's right up. He turns his glove like this. You're supposed to turn your glove like this. Take it off the chest. That's laziness. That's bad fundamentals. That's that, not laziness. That is bad fundamentals for sure. It's not being lazy. No, he I mean, doesn't slide. He sticks. I don't think it's lazy. I don't think it's lazy. I think it's probably just yeah, bad fundamentals. Lack of fundamentals. When you, your, when you stick your leg out like on an angle, even A Rod talks about, and your feet are not under you like this, you're not able to go side to side. Jeff, we talked about this in football in a stance. If your hands are pressed like this and your knuckles, that means you can only fall forward. You mm. want your hands lightly on the grass so you can be able to move side to side. Yep. Flexibility. Keep balls in front of you. You're supposed to take them off the chest. He just sticks so, his arm. So up. yeah, listen. I was a catcher my entire life. I tell you right now. I fall too. So I I, I, I think oh, I you know one of the most one of the most difficult things to do are are those those sixty those sixty one footers, those kind of in between hops. Yeah, it's like a third base. You, you never you you never want to backhand a ball as a catcher, but every now and again you have to. You know, and I and I just don't know that he lacks the fundamentals to be good at that. Uh, when I was a catcher, my idol was Tony Pena. Uh, and one of my favorites was Bo Diaz. And Bo Diaz was one of those guys that would sit on the left leg with the right leg kicked out uh, for that low outside target. And I employed that a lot in Little League. And there were people that didn't like that I did that. Uh, I obviously had to, you know, I had to have a good arm to be able to sit like that and throw runners out, which I did. Uh, and just a basic understanding and, and a lack of fear. And like you said, Teddy, taking the ball off the fucking chest. That's what, that's what this is. But we all, we also got to, he, he's, he's got to get in front of the ball. You can't Absolutely. stick your hand out as a catcher. That's his biggest flaw. Again, I, I don't think it's, I don't like to use the word lazy for Gary because I don't think this is lazy. I just think this is when something's not natural to you, it's not natural. I mean, he's just not naturally a good catcher. 
if his first thought last week at Wiffle Ball, we didn't have a backstop. And and so somebody had to stand there. And I just literally got the and I got out and I was blocking balls in the wiffle balls. Just I know working the bottom. I know what you're talking about. I, I didn't I didn't know how to not do that. Mm-hmm. You just naturally I thought, oh, I've get my body and block some of these. This is fun. People were actually watching and enjoying what I was doing. Gary's not like that. So I could see your point about having Gary come in late. I don't like him sitting all day because I mean I Joe, like he that. did it last year. Cole has always had Higgy. That Cole's always preference. His preference was always Higgy as the catcher. I get that, but even if Cole was like, "Yeah, dude, I'll take Gary tonight," I just feel like Booney likes to do these sorts of things that he thinks are going to be the difference maker. Benching and Duhar in twenty. I mean, I'll never get over that. I'll if, never get over that. If anything, he gets me more nervous than anything on the Yankees right now. I mean, I I have faith in the bats, but the the way that the history that we've seen from Boone with moves that came back to haunt him and bite him in the ass with the Yankees, that gets me nervous about it. But. This game is, I mean, it comes down for even with Cora, too. Cora has made decisions that has backfired on the Red Sox. I mean, this is a toss-up, guys. We can't sit here and just say, oh, the Yankees are going to kill them, and that's that's no. going to be the game. Listen, no, I'm, this not, is gonna come I'm down. just saying in general, like, this is a this is a toss-up game. This could be, this is a 50-50 game. This could go any, either way. Listen, this, this is you, definitely not a 50-50 game. I mean, Vegas definitely has weighed in on it. This isn't 50-50. I mean, if I had to, I would still, it's still in Fenway. You got to take that in consideration. Right. Yep. You still have the to Red Sox. The Red Sox have have had our number for most of the season, except for down not even the season, but postseason, recent postseason play. Well, here's the other the thing. Well, they just honest. went there let's and say, swept them. They just and, and, went there and swept them in the house that Stanton built. Have you seen his career numbers in Fenway? Oh yeah, but here, guy Joe, owns here's the place. No, I know. I know. Here, all the signs. I'm not saying, hey, but that's all I'm saying. I'll be honest with you. I, the only nervous I do have is and. It sucks that I feel this way, but I have more faith in Devers and Bogarts coming through in the clutch than I do Judge and Stan. Even though I know what they did last week and I know what they've done lately, but I've and listen, Stan. I hope Stan has the playoff run he had last year, where he was the best player in the playoffs until they, you know, they lost. But you, I watch Devers and Bogarts. I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it against the Yankees. I've seen him do it in crucial situations throughout the season. You see highlights. It's always those guys. They always seem those guys always seem to come through. You know it's going to come down to there's going to be a it's going to be two men on or a run on with two outs in the seventh inning, and one of those two guys is going to be up, and it's going to be green pitching, and it's going to be you're going to be like there's where we win it or there's where we're going to lose it, and it's going to be like a five three game. The difference is going to be a tie tie game five five or us going into the eighth with the lead and pro- and probably winning the game. Hey, we'll see what happens. I think the Yankees are going to get to Avaldi early. He's another guy just terribly in. He should be a, a, a pitcher on the Yankees rotation with the inconsistency <laughs> of that guy. You know, I mean, right. I said earlier on the roll call Avaldi, AJ Burnett. And I forgot what my third guy was, but I was like, uh, same guy. I mean, super talented, breaking ball, like off the charts, head case, can't control it. Never going to be great. Trev, your favorite Javi Vasquez. I love Javi Vasquez. Those are my boy. Man, they lost. They end up losing the series that year. But hey, it's a do or die game. To all of the Red Sox fans, our followers, Red Sox fans, the Reynolds, 
Mr. Uh, Pat Clapp. Pat Clapp will be at the game. The Shermans. He got, he got, he got good. tickets. Good. All I got to say, all I got to say is one thing. May the best team win. That's it. Should be a great one. It's going to be a hell of a ride. We'll see what happens. The Yankees will be advancing and taking on the Tampa Bay Rays or their season comes to an end. What are the questions after that? If that was the case, we'll talk about all of that. Maybe tomorrow, maybe on Thursday, we'll get it in. We will talk about it. But it should be a hell of a game. Yankees-Red Sox for a chance to go to the AL Divisional Playoffs. Do or die type situation. Postseason baseball is here. Cannot wait for it. I wanted to talk about this yesterday, but due to the great power outage of social media yesterday, we didn't get a chance to really talk about it. But we will still talk. We we're still going to discuss it. It was a great day for New York sports on Sunday. The New York Giants becoming victorious, getting the first victory. The New York Jets with the surprise victory over Joe's favorite player, Derrick Henry, and the Tennessee Titans. And the New York Yankees surviving and getting to the playoffs. So it was a great day to be a New York sports fan. But since we are Giant fans, I wanted to get into the big win. And what I see from this team – but what I saw from this team is something we haven't seen in quite some time. I got a couple stats for I think I where is it right here? I got the ones I sent you. No, it's something about okay. So here's this is what I if I could ever get to it. So this was the first win in 28 years in New Orleans. Also, this was the first time in nine years the Giants won a game in which they trailed by 11 or more points in in fourth quarter. Last time they did it. It was good old Eli, September 16th of 2012, when they beat the Bucks 41-34, or 34, trailing 27-16 at the time. So the way that the, the Giants came back, being down 21-10, late in the game as well, the delivering and finishing as well, which was a positive sign. But the big question, and we've been talking about him for quite some time since he was drafted number six in the 2018 NFL draft, has Daniel Jones, though, the way he's been playing so far early on in this season, we're a quarter way through the season, a little over, about to be a little over a quarter of the season over. But has he established himself finally as the future of Big Blue? It was one of the big questions for some time, but is it finally his time in the Big Apple? Ted? Yeah. I hate to admit it, but it's it's true. He has. I mean, 14 and 3, here we come. Oh my God. <laughs> Why don't we even waste our time posting that? No, I, listen. Here's, <laughs> it's here's, a joke. Here's, okay, it's a I joke, know. Ted. It's not real. Oh, yeah. Utah. Yeah. But Jace could, ser- could be serious. Yeah. Jace like could have Utah- literally said yeah. that to whoever just posted yeah. that. <laughs> and, Utah football, and Utah football was as good as Alabama. Okay, here we go. So let's get into it. Daniel Jones. Hasn't thrown a pick all season. You're going to be like, wait, Teddy, throw a pick. That doesn't count. I mean, it does count the snap up, but a Hail Mary at the end of the half doesn't count. Hasn't thrown a pick. So something we talked about before the preseason. Let's not turn the ball over. Let's not hurt ourselves. Hasn't done that. Fourth quarter the other day with the overtime, 14 of 19, 203 yards and a touchdown. Efficient. All right. And then here's the other stat I wanted to make sure. Here's another one I thought was pretty remarkable. Rush yards per attempt leaders this season. Daniel Jones, 6.96. Followed by Tony Pollard, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Tyson Williams. So the guy can run, the guy can pass. Our our always thing was, if if you took him six, right? Let's unhatch the egg. Let the bird fly. Let him get out of the nest and let the wings go. This is what we've been talking about. Do it for four hundred yards this weekend. Was efficient. 
No turnovers. Yeah, he had a bad fumble against Washington. We know this team should have beat Washington. Minimum should be 2-2 two and two right now, possibly 3-1, and one, tied with Dallas for the lead. We have a big game against Dallas. But Daniel Jones, as much as I don't want to admit it, because I, I don't know why I don't want to admit it. It's like because I mean, I, happy. I mean, it's a good feeling to say the Giants. I, I, it's a, I, how are you saying you don't want to admit it when like you could be these teams listen, that are still I cried. I cried when the game ended. You know why, Joe? And I know why. Trev, you'll understand this when I say this. Because you don't like his goofy ass. No, look. no, he's not sexy enough. You you know what I it's he's good enough, Joe. But like I just think was Phil, was Phil Sims the um, pride? Was he, he wasn't John? He wasn't John Elway. Was Eli Brady? No, but they got the job the done. The game is different. Stop talking about twenty years ago. I, that's why last night I'm listening to Steve Young, and okay. he's still he's bring, he's like Ken Singleton. Every time he talks about a thing, he's got to reference himself. And well, in 1972, when I was playing, the game is different. The football game is different. The the offensive linemen now are okay, okay. Okay, so I'll, I'll add to this. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, but I'm he has to, listen. He has established himself. The no, Andrew I, I Thomas has been one of the best offensive linemen at his position. Has not given up a sack this season, which is actually incredible. And I I was shocked at that. Hold on, I wanted listen, to say this quick. You are right, Trev. When you talked about it pre-show. Enough with Darius Slayton. Let's use Kadarius Tony because he's a playmaker. Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Give me one sec. And so you say that he's not sexy enough. He's not that like the, he's not the Mahomes Herbert type look. Okay. Herbert, well, Murray. you just said with yeah. the way the NFL. Okay, hold on. Well, with the way you said the NFL has changed, right? But well, what does the NFL quarterback become? What's the NFL quarterback? I'm asking you a question. You can answer. What is the NFL quarterback? You know become? what? Listen. You oh, know what I mean? Hold on. I'm going to answer your question. You know, I can't ask you a question. May, and Joe, and really? I'll let you and Joe. Maybe the reason why he's not sexy enough is because Jason Garrett is holding him back, like a parent who won't let his kid. But answer my, but just answer my question. I'm, I'm giving you the answer. I'm telling you, maybe he's not Man. sexy enough because no, the did he answer? Did he answer the All question, right. Joe? Because the parent <laughs> won't let go of the leash. Joe thinks no. you didn't answer the question either. What, what do you want me to think? That he's, he, he, listen, he's a good runner. His problem is fumbling. He can make this road. He doesn't have a cannon for arm, but his arm is good enough. I mean, listen, he threw him 400 yards. He's no scrub. Let's, let's put it this way. He's good enough. I just wonder if the reason why we haven't been in love with him is because we got a coaching staff that still babies him. Like he's a like he's first time playing football instead of treating him like an actual number six pick. Like you see with Cliff Kingsbury for Kyler Murray. Why you see with Herbert. Why you see with some of these. Let them breathe. Let them be who they are. Joe, Joe's been talking last year. We're like, why are we not running read options with this guy? Like, he's an efficient runner. Like, it's it's a double threat. Like, something you have to respect because if you don't, he's going to go 75 yards. So he's, he's literally the ideal type of quarterback nowadays because of the factor that he is a dual threat guy. He's he's one of the better running quarterbacks in the league, not named Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. I mean, he's literally he right up there. People job. He so right he's literally people job. He's liter Coach Clapp will hold you <laughs> What is wrong with the carrots playbook? Is the cat? Yeah, it's literally. But th that that was a, a that was a positive sign to see that he opened the playbook up this week. Getting the Kadiris Tony the ball and finally let eighty nine get the ball. Do not bring back Darius Slayton, please. Trade him for a fifth round or sixth round or whatever. I don't care. Have Kadiris Tony on the field at all times with Sterling Shepard, and that's a that's a dynamite receiving crew. Joe, I'll let you get onto it. Uh, I'll just say this. 
all we've heard for the last two years is how much talent the Giants have, and we've never seen it in the same game. He's never had the weapons. The offensive line's a mess. Saquon's out, and you're finally getting all of these things on the same page. And I, I from telling you, at the end of the game, and I, I'm not an emotional fan. I don't, I don't like if they lose. I'm not like angry for the rest of the day. Uh, it's not, it's not like that. I, I stood up and I did my little like, yeah, and I was gonna go about my day, and I started crying. And I, I, I it was like the relief of like. That this team, A, got over the hump. I mean, how many close games can you play in the last two years and lose all of them? It, it had to happen at some point that this team will start to figure out how to win games. You're always in it, you know. But like the Democrats, moral victories are not actually victories. They're <laughs> losses. Wait, what did I just hear? That's the best statement I think you've said in six That's the weeks. best thing I've heard you say in the past four years, Joe. <laughs> I still, I I give my wife free some time. You know, the Democrats were celebrating Beto O'Rourke losing in Texas because it was close. You don't get anything for moral victories. Like, that's not a thing. Sounds like the country right now. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a communist country to everyone. One guy telling everyone what to do. So it seems to me like the, the Giants had to learn that obstacle of how do we finish somebody off and all three phases of the, the giants played well in this game and in crunch time, they had a stop. They had a nice special teams play. And most importantly, Daniel Jones, uh, you know, it were four games in and I'm not sure what everybody's waiting for. As far as Daniel Jones is a good quarterback. We wanted him to be here by year three. Guess what? Year three, he made the leap. That's what happens in today's NFL. The leap. Also, but I want to also take put this into um, – I think one of the big reasons why we're seeing the success or the growth of Daniel Jones, I mean, is the emergence of Andrew Thomas right now, guys. I mean, to be honest, Andrew Thomas is one of, right now, the best left tackles in football based off of stats. Only one quarterback hit, five hur- five hurries, six pressured, not a sack in four games. I'm He's still shocked by that, Daddy. He has, he I has, he he has done his part right now. He has looked – he has taken a drastic step forward from where he started last year to where he is now. And it's one of the big reasons why Daniel Jones has been succeeding so far. I know they're one and three. I know they're at the bottom of the NFC East right now with the Eagles. They're tied with the Eagles. But – it's all about the growth of Daniel Jones, and he's taken that next step, that leap that us all Giant fans were hoping to see. So for him to set it to, to make those plays, the, the way that they delivered, the way he looked on Sunday, and even through the first, I mean, the Washington game looked good. Dan looked good in Denver and um, against Atlanta. Well, it's because maybe you put that in perspective with Jason Garrett. But, but- when you let this man do his thing, we saw a good understanding a better understanding on Sunday with the playmakers he has Kenny Galladay they're starting to get that chemistry Kadarius Tony looks like he could be a bona fide playmaker for this offense and then, the Saquon, and then seeing Saquon come back the way he played in the second half really being the Saquon we all hope to be which is a top five running back that's a positive sign but to me it's the emergence of so far the growth not just Daniel Jones but Andrew Thomas 
that has elevated his game into right now. I know it's four games in. I know it's early, but still going to have some true tests coming up soon. But he has played his part, and it's a reason why the Giants should be excited to have maybe that being one of your cornerstones of that offense and now having possibly your established future quarterback of the New York Giants for the next well, 10 to 12 years. I bring the listen, this comes down to coaching, though. Uh, perfect. Yeah, 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 of course. Listen, and, and the reason why I say this is look at the last two weeks with the Bears. Okay. Look at where the Bears' offensive play can play game plan was for uh, Justin Fields against the Browns. And then look at it this week. A whole different game plan, and he looked like a whole different guy. It's not like they got a whole brand new offensive line, right? Mm -hmm. You didn't get all these superstars, but he looked better. He looked efficient. He looked like, oh, wow, he actually can play the game. I blame the coaching staff and Jason Garrett that this team wasn't ready. And, I, I mean, maybe now we're seeing it because, listen, let's be honest. We, I've talked about this multiple times. This is like this is like the, last this week's game was like the first regular season game if you think about it because of the preseason. Daniel Jones didn't play in the preseason. None of the guys played because they either hurt or they didn't play. So you didn't build any chemistry. So if you look at it, this is like actually week one. So let's see where this giant team goes from today from this week. Let's see if they can build off and go and shock and beat Dallas. Let's see if they can win some games that we didn't it'd expect. Be a, it'd, be a, it'd be a huge test because Dallas right now looks legit, not just in the NFC East, but in the NFL picture. Right a, now. That offense is that Because if the offensive coordinator can do a better job at Daniel Jones and open the playbook, I think Mahomes has such a benefit. And I know Mahomes is much better than Daniel Jones, but I think his benefit is having Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy by his side. Listen, when you got those two guys calling your play, setting you up for the right personnel, it gives you that advantage. Look at the quarterbacks that have done really well. Look at even Dak Prescott. Kellen Moore has done a phenomenal job and has been there since day one with Dak Prescott. And the reason why Dak has progressed and now is literally people need to start re respecting Dak because Dak is one of the 10 best quarterbacks in this league. And he's playing like it. You have to give credit where credit is due. And it's the coach staff getting the personal right, calling the right plays, and not holding your baby back and letting him spread his wings and fly. And Joe has talked about it the last year and a half. And Daniel Jones is seeing finally what he's all about. Go ahead, Joe. You know, in terms of Andrew Thomas, when Mel Kuyper says you're a 10 to 12 year starting tackle in the NFL and you have the rookie year that you had, I assume he was going to bounce back. I agree with you, Ted. I think a lot of that does have to do with coaching. There seemed to be some issues with the two different coaches last year that the Giants had. Obviously, there, there was a late dismissal. Um, and, and that's not what you want for your young guy, you know, to, to, to be hearing from different voices. And so, you know, it's good to see this guy starting to put it together. As for Daniel Jones, uh, somebody asked what happens if he looks bad next week versus Dallas. Well, he's allowed to have bad games. Uh, Tom Brady just had one. Uh, we saw Aaron Rodgers already have a bad game. We've I think seen, that's, uh, I think that's Jared Jones. Yeah, we've seen a couple of guys already the biased have bad Dallas games. fan that he is. Daniel Stafford, Jones Stafford didn't have a good game this weekend. There you go. Daniel Jones is at the point now where uh, he hasn't really had a terrible game this year. If he had one, I'd be all right with it. It was so, the first one of the season. It was yeah, a good yeah. Uh, it was, the team was a whole and again, right? Coming game. out of the gate with 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 no preseason, and now that things are jiving, now that you've got your look, the Giants have great great offensive weapons. And I and I think that the league doesn't know that. And I would advise them to watch this game 
and and to see the pass that that Danny Dimes dropped in to John Ross, I mean it was it was dynamite. Yeah. A perfect throw. The pass to the pass to Barkley, don't let it be lost on anybody that all of the defenders were on that play for the Saints were moving towards Evan Ingram, who did an excellent job of making it look like he was the intended receiver as the ball sailed over everybody's head into Saquon Barkley's. Kyle Rudolph had a huge catch in this game. I think this guy, I, I mean, I like to see the Giants do more two tight end things, to be honest. <laughs> Two tight ends, two I mean, receivers, one Just to see, to close out with this whole point, just to see. Let me wait. Move. One more thing. Okay. Back to first game. Daniel Jones had a bad first game. And Saquon Barkley stood there like a statue as a, as a pathetic decoy. And that was a stupid idea. Saquon should have not played in week one. You should have gone in there with Devontae Booker and Corey Clement or whoever you wanted to run back there. You didn't give Daniel Jones a real chance week one. You know, you you really didn't, as I think on it. That that really wasn't fair to him. You know, again, like I said, it's it's like, it's, it, you know, taking a Ferrari, uh, you know, to the quickie mart. What are you doing? That's why they should have no been playing sense. in the preseason. Should have been playing in the preseason. I'm not Jay Barkley, yeah. but I'm saying Daniel Jones and some of these All players. of them. But there's not a guy on this team, not a single guy on this roster, who, in my opinion, has earned the right to just say it's his job and not have to show you what he's got in the preseason. Not a single guy on this roster, maybe other than James Bradbury. I mean, hey, the Giants delivered. They go into a hostile environment. They take care of business the way that they take care of business, being down 21-10. to 10. DJ looked great in the fourth quarter slash overtime. And the team, a, a much-needed victory. We talked about it. When did we think the Giants were going to win a game? Ted, you said that don't be surprised if they win this game. They did. They eventually pulled away, and they looked good doing it late in the game. And it's a promising thing to see that. Last three things I didn't like. Number one, 10-minute time of possession in favor of New Orleans. Number two, New Orleans uh, was, I think, 8 for 15 on third down. They, they, they still struggled to get off the field, and they were 4 for 11 on third down. Got to convert better. Other than that, I loved everything about this week. Yeah. Oh, and one, other, and one other thing. The Giants only had three penalties. So they didn't beat them. Yeah, fast. much, much. Yeah, there you go. Right. I mean, any, any more penalties in that game, you probably lose the game. Yeah, they both. The turnover battle was. Uh, I mean, realistically, the Giants had one turnover, but it was a pick that was at the end. Hey, of the and half one time. other thing, no team got a sack, but that's not good for the Giants. We got to get. We yeah, the Giants defense. The Giants defense is still a question mark. We're going to have to see them this week. We'll talk about the huge game in Arlington as they go in. To Dallas, Jerry World to take on the Dallas Cowboys, who look right now, oof, that offense looks legit. But the Giants' offense is starting to heat up. We'll see how they pan out. It should be a hell of a game and a much-needed victory for the Giants. We need for Sunday. It was a much-needed victory. Let's see if they can continue this little confidence builder. This feels like they need to score thirty points. If they Maybe have if I, any chance to beat Dallas, the way that offense is playing, yeah, with the way the Giants' defense is playing, yeah. I'd say so as well, Joe. If we remember last year, they did score. They lost 37-34. I know they lost, but it was 37-34. Let's close out with 
We're talking about a huge game. We wanted, I, I, I keep saying we wanted to talk about this yesterday, but due to the power outage and social media, we couldn't get to it today, yesterday. So we're here talking about a game that happened on Sunday, and it was the biggest game in recent memory, the return, as they called it. Brady ended up going back to Foxborough. It lived up to the hype, a typical Foxborough game. The rain was coming down Sunday night football. It was everything that we hoped for and better. But I know we all talk about Brady and Bill and, oh, who deserves more credit in the past, yada, yada, yada. But after the Sunday's game, was this game more about Mac Jones than it was Brady and Bill for the way that he played in the situation that he was in and for what the offense, half of the offense was doing? When I say half of the offense, if we look at what their rushing attack was, they had one yard of offense. Minus one rushing, rushing. Uh, minus one rushing yards. So let's take that into consideration. Joe, I want to start with you because you love Mac Jones. You're a huge Mac Jones guy. Was this game more about Mac Jones than it was about the Brady Bill? This matchup? was the biggest win of Mac Jones's and Bill Belichick's career. And I know they <laughs> not lost Brady's, the point. Not Belichick's career. I know they lost the game. Oh, no. Let we'll me tell Mac. you something. Go Mac Jones. Bill's had so- – Here's, I pointed this out the other day. To, uh, maybe I might, might even have said it on this show. Don't forget he was also a Hall of Fame defensive coordinator before he became the greatest head coach in NFL history. Uh, so who made who? Uh, he was already twice established uh, by the time he met Tom Brady. So calm down with all that. As great as Brady is, look, Bill proved in the end he's the master. Okay. The idea here, I to me, anything anything that was not a blowout loss was a, an amazing victory for the Patriots. That was my thought going in here. You can't have this guy become the all-time NFL passing leader and blow you out 44-7 to and your rookie quarterback, Tom Brady, the future, throws three picks. That is not that is that was the like worst case scenario for the Patriots. The best case scenario was that 56 yarder going through the uprights. To be in that position for a young Mac Jones in a game that was Belichick versus Brady, Mac Jones did what he always does crash the party, stole the scene. That's what this guy does. People want to keep doubting Mac Jones and talk, oh, he's not as this or that. All this guy does is go out and perform. Let me let me ask you something. You think Lawrence or Lance or any of those guys in a moment like that, Saturday night at Foxborough, in the presence of Tom Brady breaking the NFL record on this hollowed ground where those Boston bastards boot him, mind you, making a run at the Philly fans for classlessness. Anyway... <laughs> I knew they were going to do it. I predicted it. People were like, they'll never boo Brady. I was like, watch them. They're not, they're the most disloyal people on, on the planet. Um, but yeah, this, this, this was such a, and the other thing too is, I mean, obviously look, Bill put Mac in a great position to shine. Oh, so coach to be the star of the show. That was a very conscious decision by coach Belichick. I think Trevor Lawrence could have played a game like this, but here's the thing. Trevor Lawrence would have had to be drafted by the Patriots, and and they would have worked with him like they've done with Mac Jones and prepared him for this moment. I mean, 
I think Trevor Lawrence could have. I think, but listen, who cares? If what what can Mac Jones played great. I thought Mac Jones proved a lot that he's good enough to play and be the starting quarterback for the Patriots for the next 10 years. What I am disappointed is I'm disappointed in Bill Belichick not having faith in Mac Jones to get the fourth and three. He had already completed 19 consecutive passes, one short of like the NFL record. He tied Brady for 19 consecutive passes. Joe, I was pissed. I was, I could, here's my, this is what I do worry about with Mac Jones and Bill Belichick. And you back like, you have, Bill, Mac Jones played efficient all game, all game. He had a couple bad mistakes, but listen, it's going to happen. He's a rookie playing against the Super Bowl defense, and he had to do everything with no running game. You had no confidence in him to get three yards when he was picking up three, five, seven yards all game long. You you had you didn't you didn't have a play call. Your your best decision, which had a forty two percent probability, was to kick a fifty six yard field goal in a driving rainstorm with a guy that had issue with his plant foot who had not made a fifty six yard field goal since Obama was the president. That that was that was your that was your best swing away pitch. I mean, because here's the thing. He kicks the field goal. It all sets up for Brady. 50 seconds left, just like the Aaron Rodgers coming down, driving for a game-winning field goal. Like, I mean, that would have that would have been that would have been Hollywood. Brady coming down against Bel- Belichick's defense with 50 seconds left, with what two timeouts left to kick a game. Oh, the way, with the way I would have taken Bill. I would have taken Bill on that. Way the and by the way. By the way, Teddy, I'm going to call you to task. I'm going to have to disagree with you about Trevor Lawrence. He couldn't even step up on Thursday night football against Cincinnati. That's not his. He had a great game. Not his fault. His coaches. <laughs> I'm just playing. Listen, just Urban's playing. doing this, baby. Urban's getting down and dirty. Oh, God. That's Listen, a mess. That's a, that's a beat mess. Beat the Bengals on Thursday night football. We'll talk about Sunday night they're at three, Foxborough they're three, with Tom hey, Brady on the field. Hey, the Bengals are three and one. Yes, they are. Okay. They're leading wow. the AFC North right now. But the, like that Sunday night game to see see Mac the way and Ted, I agree with you in the sense of, I mean, he was doing that all night. The three to five yard completions that was his game. And people want to say, well, he never took a shot downfield. Well, let's be realistic. I mean, we didn't really see Brady do that a lot in his early days too, until he found a weapon like a Randy Moss, where he then started going. And then he became. But Mac Jones. It was it was kind of literally it seemed like a replica of freaking Tom Brady. It literally just reminded me of Tom Brady in the pocket. And people that want to say, well, I didn't see him throw the deep ball at all. Well, you go throw the ball in a rainstorm. You tell me how you do, tough guys, and all you again, Listen, dude, hey, watch, dude, not watch this. Hold on, watch this kid who's had one year of starting experience, who goes to his progressions better than than any rookie probably since. Uh, since your boy Andrew Locke, who you like to talk about, Matt Jones handles himself more like a professional quarterback than any of the other young guys right now. And again, that's not to project that he's going to be better than all them. But right now, and again, we've talked. We talked about it, the system and being in the right place. No, but that's and, no, but that's, a, that's I'll, a listen, I'll still go back to what I said. I wish Mac Jones would have sat longer. I wish Mac Jones would have fallen to the Saints because I think the Saints would be undefeated right now if Mac Jones was their quarterback. I mean, and here's like, the other thing about as far as going down the field, Mac Jones will throw the ball down the field if there's something to be thrown to down the field. It's going to be on the Patriots receivers to get open. 
Bourne had a couple of nice downfield plays that, again, Mac will get you the ball. You just got to get open. I want to say this question because that's such a vague-ass statement. I'm sorry. It's a system. I could, you can say that for anybody. Don't say it's just no. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was on another team, not namely Kansas City Chiefs. No, no, we no, no. We... He's talking about the Patriots system is set up for quarterbacks to succeed. It did with every quarterback. Jimmy G looked good, Matt Castle, and Tom Brady. Now, listen. But that's how it is for every system. That's but how that's it is for every reason. system. That's good, though. That, that's, that's how it is for... That's what it but should be. it's such be. a vague statement. We get that. That's we a rookie that, quarterback. Though. It got Brady six Super Bowls. He works the middle of the field. He dinks and dunks. He hits Edelman, Wes Welker, and Gronk up the middle. And then you hit play action with the deep pass. It's always been like that. Listen, it might not be sexy. It's not the Mahomes throw the ball down the field, Tyree Kill. But guess what? It wins them games. It's an extension of their running game. It's not, it's not great. But here, at the end of the day, does it matter how you get a first down or how you score seven points? It really doesn't matter if it's 15 plays or one play. The object of the game is to score points and win. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I agree with whoever wrote it's the system. Yeah, it's efficient. I, I bet you by this time next year, that system will expand like a math equation. We're going to add another component to it. And you know what? Let's see what Mac Jones in a year or two will be if they go can get, get a real number one receiver. You got two good tight ends. They don't have a, they don't have a legit receiver. They have a bunch of twos and threes. So they and it, it, here's the other thing: we got to be smart. We're if you're a football mind, you got to know it's raining, it's cold, it's windy, it's Boston. We're not gonna. He doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, so we're not gonna make him extend the the field. We're gonna we're gonna be efficient. We're gonna move the football and we're gonna maintain the clock. And that's what the Patriots and Mac Jones did. Three five yards, boom, what our plays. Let's go. The clock runs another forty seconds. 20-yard passes down the field in the rain and wind was not something that they would be successful on. It's not something they would have 19 completions in. So, you know, you could you could say it's a system. I get it. But at the end of the day, it put them in a position to win the football game. And if you're a Patriot fan, that's all you can ask for. Was it, The week before against the Saints, they got killed, okay? But against the Bucks, Belichick and, uh, and uh, McDaniels came up with a game plan and a system that was going to give them an opportunity. And didn't that whole game feel like the old Patriot way of like, if Brady was on the other side, the mystique, little fog, the it's rain. It was like, listen, you're not going to come down and shine on our parade. We're going to make sure we're going to make it tough for you. It's going to be cold, Brady. Sorry. Welcome back to the Northeast, not sunny side, Florida. Welcome to rain. Welcome to the foghorn. Welcome to the crowd. And they have a huge rate. NBC got a huge rating on that. Huge, huge rating on that. Well, it congratulations. Was- to, congratulations to Tom Brady on becoming the number one passing yard leader of all time now, passing Drew Brees. And what do you well, expect? That's what happens when you play 50 years. Does anybody remember in 2011 when Peyton Manning was with the Colts and he got hurt? And Curtis Painter, the backup quarterback, who supposedly knew that offense, yeah, he was there for as like well, years. yeah, as well or better than Manning, came in and completed at a fifty-three percent completion percentage, six touchdowns and nine picks in eight games. Being a product of a system isn't the same as going out there and completing passes in a in a professional game against the top defense in the NFL. You have to execute it. But that's a yeah, that's yeah, a silly thing to say. Yeah, that's why I get that's why I got ticked off. It doesn't matter about the system. I don't care. Like, guess what? Also, that's have, their system, still, and it works. You still Everybody have to, else should be still, using yeah. that system. You could st- you still have to perform it. 
You still have to execute that system. So don't just say it's a system. It doesn't matter. It's a you're brilliant just, system not, that's don't just say, amazing oh, well, you results to anybody who's got some competency that's been in it. Yeah. But here's well, the and, thing. And listen, let's here's be honest. This system's if, supposed to be very if, complicated. If it's just the system, how come Cam Newton sucks? How come Jared Stidham never took the, the leap to the next level? If you could just plug anybody into the system, how come it doesn't always work? Well, think about how many receivers and players, like even Chad Ochocinco said, how complicated. Remember how Brady was, with the extension of the system, how complex it can be. So, you know, it, it, not everyone can play in that system. You know, you, some people can play in the Mahomes one. That's, I mean, what, that's at, why I you said. Know, I mean, look at the Steelers one. They want to throw the ball 50 times a game, that, and they want to throw the ball down the field with big men. And the Steelers are getting killed. Just to close it out, that's why I said it's it's a very vague statement because you can't just say, oh, it's a system. Well, not every quarterback has succeeded. Congratulations. I know Matt Castle got was 11-5. and five. Okay, but don't just say Jared Stidham could never make it. Didn't make it with him. Jacoby Brissett didn't make it. Cam Newton just got released because, well, he didn't get it. The great Cam Newton, right? Everybody loves Cam Newton. Why he should be a starting quarterback. Well, obviously he didn't. So don't just say it's just a system. Well- well, they changed the system for him. They made it more of a well, guess what? Then he still and he still couldn't he still couldn't figure it out. Yeah, so he could. Don't just, don't no, just he, say he was good enough. I bet if he was vaccinated, he would have been the starting quarterback week one. Probably. That, uh, he would have been the starting quarterback, and this would have been the Cam versus Brady show. And well, because listen, Cam Cam almost got them to the playoffs last year. Cam's no slouch. He's just screwed up a little bit in the sense of how he's handled his personal stuff, and it's affected him on the field. Well, it was a hell I mean, of a hey, game. And before I mean, is he Lamar Jackson's everything... system a bad system? Huh? I mean, is Lamar Jackson's system a bad system? No. Because they run the ball? I'm, I don't, I'm, jo- I'm joking in a manner, but listen, everyone has their own system. A lot of systems are similar. It's just how you implement it and what you want to do. The Patriots felt their system was best by protecting the quarterback and throwing short passes and maintaining the clock. You guys remember the quarterback, Scott Mitchell? Yeah, for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, right? Lefty, he was in that run and shoot. It was a new system in the NFL. And he got into a couple of games late in the season. He looked amazing. Johnny Mitchell, Herman Moore. Totally, total product uh, product of the system. Goes and signs a, a free agent contract. Hey, turns out this guy's garbage. That's the way it works. Yeah. Yeah, just because you're just because you look good, and I mean, you can tell a guy. Did anybody think Matt Castle was going to go on to become a Hall of Fame quarterback? Honestly, he had a couple of nice games with the Patriots. Calm down. Well, it was a hell of a game, it gave us everything we hoped for. The return lived up to the hype. Speaking of the hype, well, we're getting down, we are five hours away. From the showdown in Fenway, do or die, best MLB postseason is officially underway, ladies and gentlemen. So let's go Yankees to all the Red Sox fans. May the best team win. It's going to be a hell of a night. Could be a sad night. Hopefully it's a good night. But we'll also be talking later on in the week. We'll recap this wild card game. And we'll start to hopefully talk. Hopefully it's about the Yankees. We'll start talking more and more about the divisional races, divisional playoffs. And we'll talk the NFL. Big game in Dallas as the New York Giants with their first win of the season. Going to Dallas to take on Dak Prescott and the boys, and we'll talk more NFL. A lot happening right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. I can't wait. It's going to be a hell of a night. Baseball postseason.
Yankees Red Sox. What else can you ask for? We are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So comment, like, subscribe, or share. Keys to the City. We'll be back later on in the week. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the City, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.